this thing started, how would you describe what exactly it is that you do? Well, um, to begin with, I have a day job, right? So uh, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm a digital uh, manager for a fairly large uh, corporate uh, company. And um, what, uh, what I do in my spare time um, has to do a lot with, um, with self-study, essentially, right? So uh, it started as a bit of a, as a, bit of a, a curious hobby. Uh, believe it or not, triggered by uh, guys teaching game online. So all these guys teaching uh, seduction after a big breakup I had a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I came out into the dating marketplace in my you know late 30s, not having a clue what, what was going on out there. And there were a bunch of companies that had pivoted away from the, the typical cheap advice on, you know, sort of tactical seduction type of thing and were much more geared into um, uh, what they called inner game. Mm-hmm. And and the list of books that they uh, proposed to to cultivate yourself actually contained uh, a lot of the stuff that I now uh, study and, and talk about. You know, Eckhart Tolle, uh, David Hawkins, uh, these kind of things. And and it's just opened such a new world uh, that was that was new for me, away from the typical sort of self improvement uh, and, and you know go get it type of uh, uh, literature that. I just went into that rabbit hole very deeply, um, and I started to uh, practice meditation at the time, um, and eventually found um, also, um, I did yoga for a while, it didn't really click for me, but I eventually found uh, Tai Chi Chuan as a, as a discipline, and, mm. and Qigong, mm. uh, which for my, the way I'm wired, I, I need a lot of grounding actually, and it, it felt like, uh, it, it just felt like a, like a soothing balm, whereas typical uh, hatha yoga felt like uh like i was becoming more electric over time and just you know less grounded actually so that was an interesting discovery in itself yeah um and that got me into um trying to understand what was the 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 sort of magic kernel behind it all right i wanted to really get to the 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 little the little kernel of knowledge which if only understood could then explain everything else every other practice or every other modality that is out there um, and the way I tried to do that was to study um, as broad as I could. So I studied yogic literature, I studied uh, Taoist literature, neuroscience, uh, developmental psychology, um, systems theory, uh, you know, chaos theory, things of that, those kinds, which are very handy at explaining how the mind flows as a, as a system. And um, what's interesting about taking that broad approach is that you don't become too encumbered with with the um, with the difficulties or the, or the limitations of one branch of study of, of self uh, realization, and the breath allows you to, to to form more generic principles or opinions about what's at work. Um, and and eventually, after you know years of studying and practicing it, something starts to synthesize, right? So it's not that I'm doing the synthesis, but it's just inevitably you start to form a, a, a rather a body of knowledge that mm-hmm. that that is that is consistent and and that seems to be effective and and what I do is I practice a lot by myself so uh, it varies but um, there's periods where I've been uh, training for about two hours a day and um, as of late I do more around one hour a day and it's just because the intensity of the work has become quite high so um, yeah I, I you know it just becomes very distilled it's a very concentrated type of practice. Mm-hmm. And what I try to then do is 
as my realizations and insights are growing, I uh, I put them out there in, in small clips on YouTube, um, and people sometimes reach out, and then we work together on getting them on the path, giving them either theoretical advice, practical advice uh, about embodiment, meditation, and uh, and trauma resolution, essentially. Wow, yeah. cool, man. Mm -hmm. hmm. yeah. So, how would you describe this cohesive kernel? Mm -hmm. You know, what have you come to find? How would you describe that? Yeah, so so that's that's the the ultimate question, right? What is what is that thing that that needs to be understood? Um, what is truth? <laughs> what is truth exactly? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with that, and then you know, go into the real discussion. So, um, so it is, um, um. I'll, I'll try to um, to expand on it so that it doesn't sound simplistic because uh, the kernel tends to come in short form, right? It, it, it comes in what I call fortune cookie uh, wisdom, right? It's a little phrase and then we're one with everything type of thing. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. explain too much. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and the way I would the way I would describe it is very close to what I found in a in a book that took me a while to find called The Secret of the Golden Flower. Um, it's a it's a small book. Uh, it's a translation by Thomas Cleary, a guy who has done uh, endless and, and and priceless work in translating uh, Asian wisdom. And the seeker of the golden flower um, refers to um, to the essence of meditation, the essence of abiding. Let's call it like that, in which you revert the flow of your awareness onto itself. So your awareness is typically going out, and many of the practices that we do, especially in the beginning, are outward-oriented, even though they are about stabilizing the mind, right? Focusing, for example, on, a, on the breath, as a typical focus practice of closed awareness or open being in the now type of awareness. You're still being in the now by using your senses. So your awareness is going outwards uh, in, in everything you do. Same goes for breath work let alone things like uh, asana, uh, posture practice, for example. This, this is probably the most gross uh, practice you can, uh, you can bargain on. Um, but as, you, as your um, subtlety of mind progresses, your practice becomes more and more subtle and you start to use the senses in a more subtle way until using the senses as anchors has lived itself out as a, as a vehicle for, for progress. And then you catch on to the fact that you can actually revert the flow of your attention onto the source of attention. Yeah. And the first way you try to do that is by, uh, by doing what I just said. So trying to have your attention find itself. And the more you do that, uh, the more you uh, tread that pathway and come to by threading the pathway, realize that it cannot really be done. But it is not just a logical finding or a getting tired of it. The threading of that pathway has a value. Eh? So the searching for the source of the awareness. And you come to notice that really your only choice left is not to look for the center, but to be the center. In other words, to be the center into which perception flows. Mm -hmm. And, and that's why it's called abiding, because you're no longer departing from the center, but you realize yourself as a center into which perception is always arriving, mm -hmm. actually. In other words, you become entirely yin, mm -hmm. uh, where there is, there's an effort, but the effort is not spent in 
doing something, but the effort is is spent in maintaining your receptivity. Mm-hmm. So it's a very active and a very alert receptivity. Therefore, there's a differential there. You have a yin and yang. Typically, when we become active and alert, we become doership increases, right? And so you go out on yourself. And when you become passive, you kind of collapse. But in this case, we are talking about both being very active and alert yeah. in being receptive and nothing mm-hmm. else, which is a kind of contradiction for the mind, but as a practice becomes um, becomes what it is. So it's it's an active abiding, an active being, if you if you could call it that, or a very alert just being. Let's mm-hmm. let's call it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's difficult to describe uh, with words a bit, um, but I, I, what I attempt to do in this case is also to describe it as well as I can because to call it doing by non-doing says nothing about w- what it is that we're trying to do. But to, to really go for that differential of active passivity, if you will, or ac- active receptivity, yeah, is yeah. is uh, is the ultimate practice. Um, and that is the kernel of, 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 of the whole thing. Wow. And it has to do with the fact that when you are in the receptive, you are uh, th- that center that you apparently are is, is made up of um, areas that, that, are, uh, that are being felt within in, in your psychosomatics, essentially. Right? So you're, con- you're colonizing those as you, as you practice that wow. until there is no center. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well said. That was very well explained, man. Damn. Um, now, what is the value in this receptivity to somebody? Mm-hmm. Let's hypothetically say they don't, they have no idea, but they're interested. And they say, why would yeah. I really want to go down this path? What would you say? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, so the, um, th- this is a very direct path, right? So, um, what, what you're essentially trying to do is you're trying to reconnect the disconnected areas. What, what I'm about to say sometimes rubs people the wrong way or could rub people the wrong way but on some level not on every level but on the level of this work it pays to see ourselves as 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 wet electrics as wet electric machines let's call it like that <laughs> now, it sounds very unsexy and sounds super unspiritual right it's, you know for for people who are you know typically talking about entities or um, you know, ho'oponopono or whatever it's called or whatever, whatever, to say that you're just electrics is yeah. almost like you're telling them that you're coming from the apes all over again, right? Like it's just... Yeah. <laughs> or you're just a just, robot. You're a it's just robot. a robot, right? It's something yeah. like that. But it, it's, it's not so much that. It, it's more that you, you neglect the mechanical and mundane elements of this work at your peril. You need to consider those and work with the grain of the of the of the bioelectric system that you are if you want the results to arrive and at the end of the day what we're trying to do is we are born with areas that are disconnected such as your many parts of your chakra system or whatever you want to call those and even more areas get disconnected through developmental and environmental trauma so trauma what trauma does is is it creates kinks or disconnect electrical disconnections in your psychosomatics as a protection mechanism so you don't longer want to feel them. It seals them off from perception. And at that point, they become a kind of disconnected thing that is doing its own sort of miswiring, misfiring type of situation. And what you want to do is you want to recolonize those. So you want to touch them with your attention because by feeling them, you reconnect them. You, you cannot feel something without at the same time creating a, uh, a neurological handshake with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
And it's that very neurological handshake that reconnects those areas. And the more areas you are connected, you essentially start to light up as a Christmas tree, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, if you want to be enlightened, you want to be a bull where all the switches are on. In other yeah. words, all the all the all the um, all the circuits need to be closed for light or or or, or information to pass yeah. through. Yeah, it sounds very mechanical, but it's it's just what it is, right? Uh, on that level. Yeah. Now, on the subjective level, your life completely transforms when you start to do this because you read much more and you respond much easier and all the friction that was created by the disconnection is gone. Mm. It, it simply disappears. It's not a matter of uh, willpower or discipline, although you do have to put the discipline in the input, but you're not trying to change attitudes or outputs you are trying to move things. That's why I was looking for the thingy that we spoke about in the beginning. I was looking at what is the primary cause, the 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 you know, in the causal chain. You want to go as 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 basic as you want because if you change that, the entire tree of outcomes changes, of yeah. course. Yeah. And so there's an incentive in finding what the hell that is, right? Yeah. And yeah. it turns out to be reverting attention onto the apparent center because that apparent center is the disconnect that you're trying to touch. Mm. Funny enough. Mm-hmm. So when you find that and you touch it, you resolve it, and then your life changes. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That is very um, logical and practical way to explain it. And it brings, um, how do I put this? It brings to me uh, just a sense of realism to the term enlightenment. That's a mm-hmm. buzzword that's thrown around a lot. But when you put it in terms yeah. of that we're just wet robots, and we're making these energetic connections it's, mm-hmm. you're literally enlightening yourself by connecting back yeah yeah absolutely it, it, it is exactly that it is um it is bringing the the input part of the work that needs to be done to the most mundane and manageable level possible mm. right and then that's not to deny that, first of all, I would never go and, and say that we are just wet robots, right? So so <laughs> yeah. that would be, you know, that, that that's, is, is simply not the case, of course. Uh, um, but when it comes to the manipula- manipulable and manageable inputs that we can put into the work, um, there, was, there was a great artist, uh, American artist, uh, to me, the greatest uh, modern day realist, uh, just died a couple of years ago, called Richard Schmidt. Have a, fun, a bunch of books from him, and he said something very interesting. He, he was a spectacular realist painter, and he said that you can't talk about the soul of a painting or the the mystique or whatever. You need to reduce it to discrete elements, uh, such as is is this brushstroke dark enough? Is is the color intensity correct? Is the line and the perspective the the, the right way? So that you bring it down to discrete, simple elements that you can actually manage. And then the output takes care of itself. But if you're trying to give a painting soul, good luck with that. Because there's nothing manageable about that. It's not a discrete element that you can handle in in, in three-dimensional or mental reality, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Wow. Mm. This is good. Mm -hmm. So on my previous point, what is the practical value in somebody's life? Is somebody going to be, in a general sense, happier, joyful, more peaceful? Is the byproduct a more peaceful, cohesive life altogether? Yeah, pretty much that. 
um, but it, it's very far-reaching, right? So, um, so when you have these kings and the hoes that we were talking about, you know, all these disconnections, right, that are, that are psychosomatic, what tends to happen is the system is in a lot of friction. Uh, it has internal friction, and internal friction could be felt in things such as overthinking, or indecision, for example, your heart saying one thing, but the mind another, meaning that these are two things that are essentially not, you know, they're having a political debate as opposed to singing together to the same tune. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can have uh, an enormous amount of stress and anxiety. Um, you can have also psychosomatic symptoms. Uh, I uh, work with people who uh, very often uh, suffer from uh, autoimmune disease. And what is autoimmune if not parts of the system not recognizing one another, right? Yeah. So your immune system attacking the very body that is hired to protect, if you will, because it doesn't recognize or doesn't feel itself as a part of. So yeah. when parts don't recognize one another, such as uh, the same goes for people, right? When people don't recognize themselves as a single whole, we cannot but have a contentious relationship with one another mm -hmm. with occasional convenient truths and, and, and partnerships, <laughs> but for the rest, really contentious because differences in opinion, the parts of the body and your neurology and your immune system and your hormonal system are exactly the same. So the consequences of having a poorly connected system are not just psychological. They are not just on the level of peace and happiness, although that's a major, major component of that, um, which then translates into how you relate to the world and to, and to people and how easy a time you have just, just doing your thing. But it also translates into how your, um, your, your entire health, your whole system operates in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So from this connection seems to be just a, a natural flow that comes about, right? you connect to a greater whole within yourself there seems mm -hmm. to be what comes forth just um yeah a flow i don't know what else to say but there's yeah this is exactly existence. it yeah that's exactly what i would call it and and you mentioned something important which is this idea of um you know this high this higher flow um and that is also take take for example all this talk about non-duality that is going on nowadays right or or the no self the people who claim to have no self or non-dual sounds like a like a perceptual shift but that perceptual shift is it's a natural consequence of reconnecting the wiring within so i could give you an example with two fingers say right so you know if you if you have if i do this and i try to feel my thumb with my index finger I cannot feel, I, I, I cannot help but perceive that one of them is me and the other one is what I'm feeling at, at, at the moment. One is one is the feeling end and the, the other one is kind of like the receiving end of that, that yeah. drop, if, if that makes any sense. Now, mm -hmm. uh, the same goes for any part of our neuro neurology. When it's not connected, you cannot have a subject-object division in what's taking place. Mm -hmm. So that one is the self and the other one is the ego, let's put it like that. But what if I told you that these two fingers had, uh, they were neurons. And if I keep rubbing them together, they become a single thing. Well, now you have no ego. Now you have no subject or object anymore. It's just a single thing. Just like your arm would be a single thing. Say, say you know, this, this here, you would never be so strange as to say that your wrist is feeling the hand or the other way around. It's just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So when you connect and bind 
systems with each other, the subject-object distinction just disappears because that distinction is due to disconnection between different parts. So if you have a part of your mind that is rendering visual reality and another one that's perceiving it, then you have an object-subject-object division. But if those two parts integrate with one another, then you're one with everything on a perceptual level. Mm-hmm. And this is not is not strange, but the perceptual shift and the reality of seeing it that way is very, very cool, right? So, uh, yeah, it just looks mystical, basically. <laughs> mystical, yeah. to say the least, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You ever heard the saying, uh, I forget who said it, but we're in the mind of God. That's something that I feel like we are the neuron, like the body is its own neuron that's connected to this greater infinite brain, this mind that is truly inconceivable. But I feel as though once one does still themselves, still their mind, you can't conceive of it, but there is a sense of feeling, right? That Mm -hmm. comes about there's, there's something that we're connected to the Tao, the way, whatever you want to call it, but there is this Mm -hmm. sense of connection that one can feel in the stillness, you know? It's like so obvious at some points. When before I was on this wavelength, it was hidden in plain sight. Just Mm -hmm. there was something blocking it. It was almost like not obvious. But then Mm -hmm. once you do the practices, um, which I guess that'll be my next question, but once you do Mm -hmm. the practices, you start to feel it more and more and then it just becomes obvious. Every day I wake up, it's like, oh yeah, obviously I'm connected to everything. You the listener, the trees, it just, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, um, it goes from hidden to plain sight to just in plain sight, Um, you know? So where do we start to feel that connection? Like, would you just recommend meditation, just uh, incorporate a regular meditation in one's life and slowly start to come into this sense of oneness? Um, It would depend. Um, And, uh, just before going there, I think you said also something really interesting. This, this whole mm-hmm. notion of, of us being like a neuron. Yeah. Uh, it's a great way to put it because what would you make of a neuron that decides it doesn't want to feel, that it doesn't want to transmit, right? Where that, whereas that's its job. Yeah. And mm-hmm. because yeah. of the way we develop, we have an interesting challenge in our hands, which is in order to become functional bodies in, a, in an apparent three-dimensional reality, you need to first contract into something that forms itself, cuts itself off from feeling so that it can sort of through a shell or through a scaffolding become strong enough. Let's call it like that. But then the process of breaking that shell is the very next step in that. And that's where we are typically falling short of the mark. And unless you break that shell, you are not doing what you're supposed to, which is just to freely feel and to form a part of that neural network of of, of bodies and minds, right? Mm -hmm. Um, now, as to the question of where do you begin, um, I think that is a very um, it's a very complicated question in the sense that everybody starts where they're at, and everybody has proclivities and ways of understanding things. Yeah. So um, some people are born with a kind of innate knowingness about this kind of stuff; it comes more natural to them. Uh, certain people are. Uh, much more um, sensitive uh, and and therefore trauma becomes a huge, first of all, a huge issue, but then a huge opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. It becomes a vehicle to touch areas of your neurology that you would otherwise not even know are there. Um, 
some people are not sensitive at all, in which case they see this entire path as, uh, hey, you know, why are you guys wasting your time with that? Um, so there's some wisdom in the in the uh, in the yogic uh, paths of I don't know if you're familiar with the path of uh, bhakti jhana mm -hmm. karma, uh, you know, um, mm -hmm. and I think that they tapped onto the fact that that we have different proclivities. Some people, you know, the the karma yoga is for people who are very practical, for example, right? You know, to put it into into your work, into your actions. Uh, bhakti for people who tend to be you know much more emotionally open, devotional as a sort of lubricant. Uh, which which can then um, pathways can be created incredibly fast when 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 things like gratitude and, and devotion are lubricating your 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 system right so it, it, it has an enormous effect because we are not just bioelectric we are biochemically electric and and the chemical part has a major role to play in in um, in both trauma and resolution or or integration yeah. Um, Typically, where I begin is I try to start with uh, basic uh, embodiment literacy. So uh, helping people understand what it's like to actually feel the somatics um, and to start with basic exercises of, of somatic literacy. And I start also with exercises about learning how you can open and close your mind's eye mm. so that you so that that becomes a, a conscious muscle as opposed to just a reactive thing that you do based on your environment. Or, or have it be stuck in one, either too open or too close type of thing, but really to have that mechanism oiled up and, and, and actively working for you. Um, and then basic embodiment in, in the sense of understanding what it's like to actually place your awareness in your body and soak up the sensations that are very concrete, very mundane, and to try to make a bridge of why those mundane sensations carry the, the real value of what you're trying to do, because to the thinking mind, the problem is much more complicated and big and fancy. But the but the question of embodiment is a very rudimentary and very mundane type of uh, thing that you're trying to do. And very often we don't believe that something as simple as that would would be a thing that carries carries us forward, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then perhaps uh, and then there's a couple of extra branches where you could go into uh, simple meditation, as you said, so simple uh, training of focus, just to make sure that your mind has enough gravitas and enough stability so that your work carries weight and is not that your mind is not flip flopping when you're trying to, to actually do the work. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. It's hard to generalize. It's true. It's all, Very uh, hard. we're all different streams. Yeah. The thing is it's to the same destination. If you want to use that metaphor. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Very much so. Mm. Which is, I mean, the destination is connection. Whatever way we get there, right? It's to form yeah. some kind of connection to a greater whole. And that's really yeah. what it's all about, to put it in a simple manner. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and to have that also work for you on the practical level, I would say, right? So yeah, to not not draw some sort of spurious distinction between you know, doing the spiritual work and, um, and, and therefore neglecting, um, levels of your practical life that, that, that need to be wholesome in general. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and actually to also, as, as we said at the start, right, when we made this sort of little quip about simply being electrics, um, to bring spirituality down to a level that is perhaps not as flattering and perhaps not as mystical, but that is truly effective for you 
um, and and um, I don't want to say practical, but but simply effective. And and for things to be effective, they need to be in touch with what's up, with with, with what's physically up, mentally, emotionally up, and spiritually up. And people tend to very easily go up into spaces of like you know the jhanas or whatever. But the question is that, that the Chinese talk about heaven, man, earth, right? Or Tao Te Ching. So it's the connection of the ultimate with the with the with the essence, and the essence is is, is just pure physicality, right? And and to bridge those two, which is why you were asking about what makes it that the secret of the golden flower or that kernel of the, the thing he makes it so special is that that's exactly what that does is it makes it it makes awareness touch physicality directly and you, you essentially build that entire chain from top to bottom yeah where you become the funnel in the middle yep mm -hmm. hmm yeah i also mm -hmm. see it not only are we wet robots we're a conduit almost like a membrane this connection something flows through the human vessel we don't negate our humanity but yet mm -hmm. when we connect our humanity seems to in that essence um bring about a different life that's how i see it at least like we're, when mm -hmm. we it's almost like a channeling not in the channeling like we're channeling aliens but we're channeling it seems to be from that source that one god seems to be just like a different way that the human vessel is utilized um mm -hmm. at least personally speaking yeah let me ask you that one would you say once mm -hmm. we do form this connection within without uh that our instrument of the body plays a different tune like would you say you're a different person Pablo is a different person than before this connection was made within. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but but not not through any uh, credit to to Pablo as, as such, yeah. right? So 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 you could you could think of the ego or or personality or or my my Pablo ness as essentially the the fragrance that comes from however my system operates let's mm -hmm. put it like that right yeah. some of that is inherited some of that is acquired obviously mm -hmm. and um and the way that you carry yourself is but the result um so that um so that the the way that you then uh transform um is is the outcome of um i, I like your membrane uh, an analogy, actually, for, for several reasons. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard this one, but the, but the true brain of a cell is the membrane as opposed to the nucleus. Mm. And the reason for that is the nucleus is just a copying machine. It carries information and it copies. But the membrane is the intelligence that is on real time always deciding what to let in and out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah? And it's the one that is in contact with the environment. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Wow. Right. And so when you look at it from that perspective, what we're trying to do is we're trying, we start with a membrane that is mucky and mm. we're trying to clarify it mm -hmm. so that it can do its job properly. And once it becomes transparent, that then that interconnection becomes seamless and, and intelligent, truly intelligent. And, and not even, um, it's not that you compute more, it's just allowing the entire computation of the body mind to, to do its thing uh, correctly. Mm. Um, and then as a result of that, 
Pablo becomes something else, but not not by trying to pull himself up by his own bootstraps. How how, how could I? Yeah. I mean, right now, what I am is 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 the outcome of my very best attempts at, at you know <laughs> at being happy and healthy and the rest of that, which are I can guarantee you are not that amazing actually, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, so what you try to do is you try to do indirect practices that change things over time, despite of Pablo. Or in, in spite of Pablo, rather than having Pablo do and 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 being the lead, he thinks that he's doing it. But re, in reality, the practices go way <laughs> deeper than whatever Pablo could 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 ever achieve. Let's put mm. it like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like Pablo or Gary is doing something for something. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, we're the fragrance. That's good. I never heard it put that way. We we are just mm-hmm. the fragrance of the doing. One becomes mm-hmm. the doing in a way, right? Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and again, right, like you use membrane. I think it's a very good choice of words exactly because of that. Yeah. yeah. This is good, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, do you feel just generally more at peace with life? Is this, uh, how do I put this, man? Let me back up. Do you feel like this is the only way? for peace is forming this connection and we just kind of have misplaced priorities on how to go about that you know in terms of materialism we try to find it in a car a house mm-hmm. popularity we try to find it out there but really yeah. happiness if you even want to call it happiness mm-hmm. is truly found in this connection for all of us is this the only way um yes and no uh i, I don't know uh m- you know, uh, maybe I'm being even a little bit rude because I haven't asked any questions of my own as if I'm the, the big expert here talking about things, right? But, hey, but, but do. What, what do you make of it? Because I have an opinion about it, which I'm happy to share. But uh, the question must come from a certain place as well, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so you want me to answer my own question? <laughs> sure, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do feel as though <laughs> this is the only way to true satisfaction in mm-hmm. one's life um but we yeah. all have our way to go about it like we explained before but yeah. i don't feel as though one truly reaches like i feel as though we all have a certain yearning we all have a yearning yeah. for that even if we know or not there is that yearning within all of us and it's a yearning mm-hmm. to connect to to the whole and this is just personally speaking and from what i read of other sages and other people i've spoken to mm-hmm. there's no other way to go about finding this satisfaction peace yeah. harmony in the human experience like you kind of you kind of have to connect with god um you don't have to but if you if you don't um it's going to be a bumpy ride and there's going to be a lot of inertia and resistance so that's the beauty yeah. of it you don't have to we have free will to avoid it all we want and we have for a very long time but mm-hmm. i would recommend that one does um mm-hmm. tread this path so yeah for sure no, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, so um, I know it is for me. Um, and and yet I also have to concede to the fact that I, I know of plenty of people who live, um, you know, not that spectacular, but also not that painful a life and, and that seem to find, um, um, you know, enough pleasure and, and contentment in fairly basic run of the mill type of things. Um, and my mind, unfortunately, is far more curious than that. But I'm also not that, um, um, you know, my, my ups and downs tend to be bigger. 
Um, and uh, as an uncle of mine once said, there's nothing like vibration to loosen things up, you know. So um, it seems to be that a certain type of instability of mind that is just enough to propel you forward, but not so much that you're completely schizophrenic or bipolar or whatever, seems to be the sweet spot to really push forward in the um, in the work. Mm. Um, and, um, and I'm also uh, of the camp uh, of saying exactly what you said, which is if you want a true deep fulfillment, I don't see it uh, coming to you any other way that it, everything else is kind of like a state of affairs and therefore can change. Uh-huh. Uh, exactly. But I'm also on the camp of Gurdjieff, who was very um, uh, realistic and, 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 and even negative about the fact that it's only a small portion of the population who actually makes it uh, all the way through. Uh, that, that, that what he called having a, uh, he, he said something along the lines of um, having a, um, an astral body is a luxury that very few can afford because most people are just trying to make ends meet and, uh, yeah. you know, perhaps having too much emotional dysregulation to, um, to really put in the work. Yeah. I see that point as well. Yeah. Cause yeah, we're just trying to put food on the table. Like no, not a lot of people have time for this for sure, but who knows yeah. that that's just part of the mystery of this whole thing is like, why, I don't know. Some people got their karma they're working with and then others <clears throat> got this karma, you know, that we're working yeah. with. So I don't, I don't know why, I'm not even going to mm-hmm. try to figure out why, but that's, that is true. Yeah. It, it just seems to be like that. And, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, do you, um, in, in that spectrum of, of doing the work, um, do you also place yourself, uh, you know, in, in, in the, this, this sort of initiate, uh, uh, level of really going for it? Is that, uh, what do you mean? Well, uh, I think there's people who are a little bit, uh, just, uh, you know, trying things around and there's people who have a more sort of regular practice and, objectives if we want to, if we want to call them like that um would you say so, that applies also to yourself i'm not quite understanding so you're asking me if uh i'm you have to clarify so you're asking me like sure. if i'm really if i'm just messing around here or am i really about it is that what you're saying no well it, it, in a sense but uh, i mean there's levels right so uh without having to go all the way to to becoming a monk i think there's people who are um uh, doing meditation because it kind of, you know, calms them down and they have, uh, they see good results in, in relationships and to make, to, to put the, uh, the, the elephant <laughs> in the, in the room, there's people who are going for enlightenment. Let's, let's call it like mm. that. Right. So would yeah. you say that also describes yourself or is it a different story? Mm, well, honestly, I weigh that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. enlightenment, if you want to call it, that yeah. is in the back of my mind every day. So is that being, yeah on the path of enlightenment maybe i don't know i'm yeah. not i yeah. don't know. i'm not saying i'm 100% but i'm not 0% that's for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't know yeah there's always yeah there's days i'm like maybe i should don the robes and go for mm-hmm. it like that but then there's other days i'm like well maybe i don't think that's the path actually yeah. i think what i'm doing now is actually the path so yeah man um mm-hmm. i'm still young still figuring it out i'd have to say I'd have to say a non-conclusive answer. I don't really know, to be honest with you. I'm just going with the flow, <laughs> yeah. talking to people, trying to figure it out. If this is yeah. the path, 100%. Yeah. If it isn't, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just kind of uh, going mm-hmm. with what I like. And yeah. um, 
every day I do try to improve on the path to enlightenment though. There's always, it's never like, uh, something that I lack, mm -hmm. you know, it's never something that I, uh, I, uh, skimp on, you know, I feel as though once one does get this taste, this yeah. glimpse, this sense of knowing you can try and run from it all you want. You can try and hide yourself and your desires all you want in the world. And I've done plenty of that. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's always in the back of my head. You know, yeah. what life is really about. It's always in the back of my head, no matter what. So yeah. I guess that's all we need is like, once you get that taste, it's like, you can't untaste it. You can't unsee it per se. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. yeah. That answer your question. <laughs> sure. Does that make sense though? Like, do you feel as though once you get the taste, like, no, I completely relate to what you said, right? I mean, is is the, I mean, your 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 discipline and your focus can wax and wane, but you have this this sort of guiding direction it's like, that yeah, that, it's a that's, guiding principle yeah. that always yeah. gets you back on. I could fall off the mm -hmm. wagon, and trust me, like I said, I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm not an enlightened yeah. being. I have fallen off the wagon. I'm a young mm -hmm. male living in America. Trust me. <laughs> It's hard, <laughs> but either way, no matter how far from home we seem, we are, no matter what, because I've had certain subjective experiences, subjective seeing, always find my way back. And all it takes mm -hmm. is quite simple too, just meditation. That's the thing too, like just five, 10, 15 minutes of just still breathing as a reminder to come back home and be like, oh, this is it. This right. is really what life's about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meditation, man, it's huge for me. Absolutely, least. absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 huge. But uh, have you faced conversations? Because I mean, you, you're you're running a podcast now, and um, and I, I I don't know to what degree you um, you know, you make this also part of your your social or, or family life. But have you have you encountered um, you know, just how broad the the spectrum is in, in people's interest um, when you bring yeah. this kind of thing up and when you try to convey like the importance and the the reward that comes from these kind of things because I, I find that to be fascinating actually yeah um mm. honestly in the beginning i tried to evangelicalize it a little more than i do now mm -hmm. um some I realized that some people just aren't going to get it. I think we've mentioned that before. Some people, it's just, you know, some people aren't going to get it. So with those people, one, I mean, I generally don't associate with, to be honest with you, but there's a mm. lot of people in my personal life that are not on this wavelength and that's completely fine. And I don't even try to bring up this kind of stuff because it's, it's fruitless. There's no words. Yeah. There's no way that I could formulate my words where someone would be like, oh, oh of course. It's not like <laughs> yeah. that. It, but if they, if somebody comes with me with a genuine question, if they come yeah. with me with genuine curiosity about about what it's about, then that's when we go down the rabbit hole. Right. Say. Um, yeah. So you could say it's a broad spectrum. There's just some people that are not about it. They have no idea. There's some people that are dipping their toes in. They entered the stream mm -hmm. here and there. And then there's mm -hmm. some people that are way, way further along than me. And I'm just sitting back and listening to them. So yeah. it is a pretty yeah. broad spectrum. But yes, I also feel as though it's quite... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite polar in that you're either you're either in the camp, you either got the taste or you didn't get the taste. Yeah, and that's the huge stark difference that I can identify. And there is yeah. a, there's it's almost like there's a spectrum of people that got the taste and how serious they are about it. And then it's 
and then the the um the not knowing at all is is its own spectrum is is its own mental world in a way um yeah. so yeah yeah i hope that made sense that's that's a good way to put it it's it, it they live in their own paradigm of what's up let's, yeah. let's call it like that yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly man yes yeah. i'm always interested i bring people on and i want to know how they got the taste that's my most mm -hmm. like, curious thing i'm like how did you get on this wavelength and what i've come to find yeah we're all different we all get the taste yeah. in different ways somehow yeah. some way um how did you get it? Like, what what got you on this? Well, you said it was because you wanted to learn game and just general personal development, right? But was there? Yeah, a it was. Time it was that. Life? I mean, look, uh, I I had always been already curious about a little bit of a sort of you know metaphysical stuff and uh, and things of that kind. So I, I'd always find these topics utterly fascinating. Yeah. Um, and you know, played around with a couple of things. Just you know, just you know, you try to poke about when you, especially when you're like in your teenage years or whatever. Um, but then for a while, that just took the form of personal development of the of the pop psychology uh, mm -hmm. uh, flavor, right? So there was there was nothing uh, on this level, um, you know. Then the story that I that I shared earlier, and at some point, of course, about what was it again, seven or or so years ago, uh, came the first uh, psychedelics experience, and then of course, and then you know mm -hmm. you thought, okay. Yeah. You know, clearly there's another side. I'm in one side of the mirror of reality and the, here's the other. Okay, mm -hmm. very good. Mm -hmm. glad, glad we clear that out. <laughs> yes. And then yes. that became a bit of a, it became a bit of a thing. I wanted to really explore it because it felt like it's not just, it's not just the experience of it, but the, the insight that came from it, the, the, the impossibility of words and, and the clarity and, I thought, Jesus, you know, th th this is something I need to really explore now. And I mm -hmm. did for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, died, that died out. That that served its purpose. And um, and then the more practice I did, the more I could enter that space without the need for the substance to to to, um, yeah, to play a part. And and that's what you really want, of course, right? You you yeah. want the full connected experience without the need for crutches or or um, you know, side wheels or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was mm -hmm. it. Same with me. Definitely. Uh, psychedelics for me were a giant confirmation. Yeah. It was just like, yep. Wasn't it? Is, isn't it amazing to discover that your suspicions that magic was real are confirmed? <laughs> exactly. I mean, to me, that is the most phenomenal. To go to your grave without that is a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to say that it's a crime against humanity that these things are illegal and they're so demonized because that's it. That's it. I, I can't imagine my life the same way if I didn't get the confirmation from uh, magic mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, be totally different. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And help a lot of people. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, if, if used as a, as a correct tool, I do think that they might be a bit too aggressive on the nervous system, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. So you don't want to make those. I think it's almost like the the, the equivalent of using steroids uh, for 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 muscles, right? Like you you want, I mean, if you're going to do it, let's say, have that be the 0.001% of what you're about in terms of your practice and your orientation to life and, and the rest of it, because I think that they can be quite aggressive. That said, uh, their value is unquestionable, and I I also think that there's people who, in terms of trauma, are so far gone 
that if you come to the table with a practice that is going to take five years or something to change things, it's just untenable, right? Like there's that is not a starting point mm. um, for 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 people on that level. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. we all have our own paths. Psychedelics for some people they just work. It's like it lines up. It's the key that unlocks something mm -hmm. for some. Yeah, um, but for most, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've known a lot of people that have done them, and they just it doesn't really compute. Like nothing, just something, yeah. 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 And that's not coming from a place of arrogance. You know, it's not like, oh, they work for me. I'm special. No, it's just it's just something I've, I've observed. Um, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Some For some reason, they're sacraments to some and others. They're just some kind of recreational tool. Interesting in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, hallelujah, we have them. They're honestly a miracle. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, and I've I've introduced uh, a, a few friends here and there uh, into the whole thing. I, I don't consider myself a professional sitter or anything of the kind. Yeah. Um, you know, but but people who are at some point willing to jump into that adventure, you know, might feel like they can do it with someone, perhaps like like yourself, who's already done it. You know, you know what to expect, how to arrange things in, in a certain way, and you're not a stranger either. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, it's quite a Quite an interesting uh, thing to do as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, say the least. Yeah. <sighs> there's um. Yeah, I don't have anything a... else to say. Oh, you have, you say something. <laughs> How are we doing on time? Because I also don't want to. I could talk about these things forever. So. I mean, I'm chilling. Um, I don't really have any more questions. But if you got something else to say, I can work off of you. What are you gonna say? Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it reminded me of a. Um, I, I reread books quite a lot, and I picked up a, a book called uh, the name escapes me. The, the order of the words escapes me is something on the level of king, magician, warrior, lover, something like that. So it, okay. it's about the archetypes, the male archetypes. And um, it's interesting how that relates to psychedelics because the the intro to the entire book and and you know it goes on to the loss of of, of um, wholesome masculinity uh, and these kind of topics is the the idea that ancient societies had rites of passage that would yeah. break your ego essentially so so it was not just to prove that you were a manly man that was tough it was to break apart mental structures that no longer serve you because they are boyish in nature. Uh -huh. or childish in nature yeah and that they need to be broken apart by a, an experience that is strong enough and in some cultures that you know some of it was like this bullet and glove type of you know experience or yeah. and in others it would be it would have been the psychedelics right so they they served um that they served that purpose and and you know uh, you see that coming back now in in the sense that something feels insufficient and people are really searching around trying to even put the, themselves to what is sometimes tough ordeals, uh, such as ayahuasca or whatever, because something needs to be dislodged, right? Something needs to be broken through, mm. which is yeah. interesting as well. Yeah, I felt that. I felt mm -hmm. it was a rite of passage the first time I did it. Yeah. Um, I could see that why tribes would do that. The yeah. older human beings would do that. Yeah. There's... um. Um, the, the the root for the word sacred and the, the word sacrifice is the same, right? Oh. And so with, with every rite of passage, everything that's sacred, it involves a kind of death in a sense. You are dying to something mm -hmm. uh, to be reborn to something else, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ego yeah. death. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see uh, 
why that'd be so powerful at a young age. Not, I'm not saying that kids should do mm -hmm. it, but like back in the tribal days, I could see why that would be a thing. It's like, hey, you want to be part yeah. of the tribe, you want to be one of us, you can't be a boy anymore. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. And, and, and that's uh, when the ego develops is what, I don't know, around yeah. 12, probably around puberty age, right? So something like that. And in yeah. fact, uh, the uh, the marker of it was uh, at least in, the, in the, the one they mentioned in this book was they notice a boy starting to take interest in girls and they go, okay, this, this guy is now starting to enter reproductive age mm. and it, you cannot be allowed to go around playing man if you're not okay yeah. in the tribe. Mm -hmm. And so that's the moment where the ritual kicks in mm -hmm. and, and kills the boy, right? It, it, it kills the, uh, the immature ego uh, structures at least yeah. for a part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had a conversation with a few, psychologists and they say that's pretty much what's going on here is there's just a bunch of children society is just a bunch of children we haven't mm -hmm. outgrown our childhood yes mentally at least no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's a um, connection yeah this is it and and um talking about more books in case your audience is um is interested in that there's of course uh dopamine nation and the theme of that book is how essentially the entire economy is geared towards keeping you in that ch childhood state because it's, yeah. it's dopamine hits that prevent discomfort from arising and being resolved. Oh, wow. You see? wow. Yeah. So, so dopamine addiction is a symptom of something. It's not a, it, it's a problem for sure, but it's not a, it's not a root cause problem. Yeah. And, and of course our entire economy is, geared towards catering to, to your to your instinct for quick and easy pleasure essentially um mm -hmm. because it makes money right so so your lower instincts will drive you to that unless you've done the work of of essentially disentangling yourself from them yeah mm -hmm. so it continually masks the dopamine release continually masks um us growing up, right? It's just a continual like distraction or procrastination yeah. into adulthood. You got it. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's, it's hard to hear that yeah. because it's, I mean, it was bad, bad enough when economy was based on, on physical goods that needed to be produced, shipped and the rest. But if you introduce digital goods into it, the yeah. supply is endless, right? And, you know, you add AI to the mix. Now it can predict exactly what you like and it can produce it on mass on, on, you know, on a scale that is just uh, so. So the war that we're talking about is a war for, you know, your consciousness, right? Um, essentially, uh, do you own it or is it completely hijacked? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say to the vast majority of us, it's completely hijacked, unfortunately, yeah. but we still have the power. That's the thing. We have the power. We still always do have the power to do this because whatever way that we um, go about forming the connection and disconnecting from the noise of the world, it's quite mm -hmm. simple. It's actually mm -hmm. very, very practical for all of us. And it's not complicated, you know, it's really not. I mean, the, the process mm -hmm. in one's life might be like, um, as in the stuff that we got to work through, it might seem a little tumultuous at times, but yeah. the the actual like methods, as in I'm talking like meditation, just mm -hmm. things of that nature are quite simple and attainable yeah. for all of us. Like, you don't need a lot of money. You don't really need, you don't need anything actually. <laughs> no. That's the beauty of it. No, so, absolutely. Yeah. I see yeah. hope in that way.
I am. I That's see like the the nature of the world, the the darkness, the the, the chaos, bringing us back to the peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's my idealism speaking. I don't know. No, I think it, there's something there's something to be said about that, right? Like the, the, the right conditions create the pressure for that transformation to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, like a cooking. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's stewing and and creating its own its own pressure for uh, for something else. Yeah. Um, and. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, you know, therefore your channel, mine, uh, are little little vehicles for for keeping that wave moving in the right direction, right? To to um, yeah, to create a little bit of counter counter momentum. I mean, if I look at, at traffic in in spiritual channels, it, it's still such a tiny drop compared to you know mm-hmm. the other stuff, right? Like every other kind of type of entertainment out there. But um, I, I, it doesn't matter. It, it, you you never know. The impact of something small on the on the greater picture. Very you true. Just can't predict it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true, man. Yeah. Hmm. Excellent stuff. Yeah. And on that note, I think good note to wrap it up at, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got anything else you want to say? No, I mean, just thanks for thanks for having me over, and uh, you know, just uh, whenever you feel like having a cool chat about stuff, uh, you know, you can uh, just uh, give me a shout, and I'm happy to um, help out. Sounds good, Pablo. Um, yeah. I appreciate your time, effort, and wisdom that you brought to this conversation. You're a real one, man. I think, uh, yeah, this was just awesome. This was a great talk. So excellent. Thanks a lot. Keep on keeping Thanks on. Keep doing your thing, and uh, that's it. Peace and love to All you. Right. Cool. Peace and love to everybody. All right. Take care.